bash his head in. Right. I'm Craig. Thank you for joining us for Half-Ass Horrorcast Origins. This edition, we'll be speaking to Kia. Hello. That's right. This will be an introduction to Kia. So if you haven't listened to every episode or you just have questions, this is going to be kind of like a ask me anything sort of situation with Kia, and you'll get to know all about her and her basis for horror. Get to know me. So, Kia. Yes. Let's get some housekeeping out of the way. I'll ask you some very basic questions. Okay. Basic bitch questions. <laughs> How long have you lived in Tennessee? Since 2007. What brought you here? I came here for law school. And that's your profession? Yes. Being a lawyer, that is. Not going to law school. <laughs> what is your first horror memory? My first horror memory is seeing Child's Play in the movie theater. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho <laughs> I guess my mom dropped me, my sister, and one of my sister's friends off. And at the end of the movie theater, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I had left my tiny purse in the movie theater yeah. and I told my sister and her friend Jasmine I was like I left my th- my purse in the theater and they were like well go get it I was like well you know someone come with me and they're like just go get it and I went and I was like the only person in the theater there might have been someone cleaning up but for the most part it was empty and my purse was like under a seat and I was extremely scared. You you literally were picturing Chucky under the like seats. rolling out from under a seat and attacking you. Yeah. And I yeah. um when it was on the other day I looked up the the little boy that or the the, the boy that plays from Andy. The, that yeah. played Andy and he was only like a few months older than me, so we were both the same age. Yeah, to put it in the context, you would have been five, around five, right? Six. It came out in 88. Uh, oh, I thought it was 87 for some reason, but 88 sounds right. I think, so. I think so, you're right. So, yeah, so I was I was Chucky's target, like he, <laughs> and I was terrified to go back into this theater to look for my purse. Yeah. That probably had, you know, some coins and some lip smackers, and that was it. <laughs> Well, and then, so that's literally your first memory of horror stuff? Like, you, you never watched uh, scary stuff on TV or were exposed to anything before literally well, going I'm to the movie theater? I'm not 100% sure about the dates, but yeah. I remember when we used to rent movies, even though my mom does not like horror movies, we would always rent horror movies. Yeah. And so that's the one of the first ones I remember, but I do remember watching us renting Fright Night and um, I spit on your grave. I'll make you feel like you've never felt before. God bless your hands. Why do you feel this? Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. No. No, not that. I spit on your grave. So I'm not sure if that would have been, if we rented Fright Night, like, when it came out. Yeah. Because I'm not sure when Fright Night came out. 85, I think. 
Surely. So we might have rented that a little bit late. I don't yeah. know if we rented that when I was three. Well, you know? I mean, and, and that's, I think that's something else that's come up on the podcast is you being a very little person watching I Spit on Your Grave <laughs> and that being a rape revenge movie that you saw at maybe yes. five or six, maybe seven. Yeah, it was in definitely the 80s. Single digits, so, for sure. Yeah. Single digits. And it's a movie that I think has been banned in some places. And, yeah. and I don't know why... We rented it. I don't know if I picked it out, and my mom was like, sure. Because, again, my mom doesn't like scary movies, so I think it's kind of a testament to her that she would sit through these scary movies with me. Yeah. Like, she took me to see Nightmare on Elm Street. Which one was it? I think it's after Dream Warriors. So part four, the Dream Master? Is that the one where she turns into a roach? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, so I think that was like 88, 89. So yeah. she doesn't like horror movies, but it's interesting that she would rent them and like sit through them with me. And even though I was probably too young to be watching them. Well, do you think you always liked horror movies and stuff as a, as a kid? Were you like terrified of them or did you kind of enjoy them or is it kind of hard to... No, I was scared. Yeah. But I guess I liked being, being scared, scared, even yeah. though I thought everything was real. Um, we've talked about this before. Freddy's Revenge, that's the second one, right? Like yes. where he's on the, they're on the school bus and at the end of the movie, um, or the beginning of the movie, the school bus is balancing on like the top of this rock. Yeah. And I used to think, I thought that was real when I was a young Yeah, it's like a giant pillar almost of yeah. a rock. I was yeah, like, oh my God, this place looks terrifying. But, yeah. you know, as an adult, obviously I knew it's not, it's not real. But so yeah, I was definitely scared. But I guess part of me, even as a young person, still liked being scared. Yeah. So. Is that kind of, my next question was kind of tied in with that. Like, what draws you to horror, do you think? I think as an, being younger, I think what drew me was that they just looked fun. And I think a part of me did like being scared, even though I didn't understand what that was about. And I think as an adult, what it was about is just being scared in a safe way. Maybe part of me as a kid really knew that I'm safe. Like I'm watching this with my parents or, you know, I go home, I go to sleep at night and I wake up in the morning and everything is okay. So these monsters aren't really going to get me, even though I thought they were real. But as an adult, I think I like watching them because it's, you can be scared safely. Well, no, I mean, I think basically that's a really good way to put it. Cause I feel like there's been studies. I always talk about all these studies and never have anything to back myself <laughs> up. Like, I don't remember where I read this stuff, but that basically it is kind of like a controlled conditions where you are experiencing all these fears and anxieties, but you know, it's like a roller coaster, you know, that you're strapped in and nothing yeah. really is going to happen. Knock on wood. Yeah. And for the most part, most, well, a good deal of scary movies are not realistic. Right. So it's like supernatural or supernatural uh, over yeah. the top type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's also, it's like a true escape from your life. You get to see these people whose lives are much worse than yours and it's not real. Yeah. You can watch it and it's not, you're not watching, you know, like, a movie about a real life serial killer where you can, I don't know if you could really enjoy that if it's based on something true. Like if I watched a movie about Charles Manson, it would be hard for me to say I enjoyed it right? because it's true, but I can watch Nightmare on Elm Street and enjoyed it even though it was about someone that killed a bunch of people. Right. Which so. kids? Well. With child killer. <laughs> kind of circling back to you being a lawyer and I know you're really modest, so I don't want to like mm. lay it on too thick or whatever, but 
Um, you know, you're, you're a lawyer. You, you went to law school at Vanderbilt, which is, if you're not from the South, it's a really prestigious, you know, institute and everything. Um, it's prestigious even if you're not from the South. Well, it, 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 for sure, without a <laughs> doubt. But I, I just don't assume that someone in Australia or something oh, knows, knows what Vanderbilt it. is. Um, but does having that law background and that kind of, uh, like, expertise, does it ever affect some of the things that you watch in terms of like pop culture or horror movies, do you ever stop and think like, ah, they would never get away with that? Or like there would be a lot of fallout from this. Like does, does it ever kind of get in the way of the fantasy aspects or does it? No, not for horror movies because it's so far out there, but just your typical, like, like a law and order type show. Like police or procedural or procedurals type of right. or shows that involve lawyers. I usually don't like those one because they make, the law profession look a lot more exciting right. than it is. Um, and the law I do right now is not exciting, but I was a public defender and it was mostly just sitting around waiting for a judge to show up or waiting for someone else's case to be done. It wasn't, I wasn't, you're not trying like a first degree murder case <laughs> your first year out of law school, like they show on TV. Yeah. So it's not exciting. Um, that's what so. I, I thought it would be fun, you know, when I was thinking about these questions and everything and, and thinking about that aspect of you, because I can only think of one horror movie that has elements of law, of like, you know, it takes place at a law firm. There's probably other ones, obviously, because yeah. it's, it's so strong in our pop culture or whatever. But uh, The Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves. Oh, of course. And I love The Devil's Al Pacino. Advocate. You know, I, I yeah. thought that would be a fun one to do someday and kind of have your expertise. Yeah, kind of. I never looked at that, interestingly enough, as a horror movie. I looked at it, I guess, as a, a supernatural thriller or something. Right. But that's a great movie. That, yeah. I should pick that. Yeah, maybe someday I we'll like circle one. back to that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Maybe uh, that can be like kind of realistic. You work in a big law firm and it's just <laughs> your soul just being sucked sure. out of you. So just for listeners uh, that might be curious, uh, what got you involved in Half-Assed Horror Cast? Well, I think it started, you and Jeff started it right. at some point. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know if you just invited me just to come along. Because we, we used to do those radio plays and yeah. kind of started out with that, I guess. Yeah, that's what... Uh, Jeff wanted to do radio plays, and I convinced him to do like a horror podcast that kind of married the two together. And we only recorded one without you. The mm-hmm. very first one about the blob is just the two of us. But then after that, I think you're in every, I mean, not every, literally, right. literally everyone, but you're part of the group from right. there on out. So, but I've kind of forgotten too. We went to Jeff's place though in Bowling Green at the time. Yeah. I think to record it. So. What did you think when I was like, well, we do a podcast where you like, what, 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 I don't how? remember. I mean, I'm sure I probably thought it was, you know, cool. Yeah. Like I didn't listen to podcast at that point. So yeah. I, I guess being a part of this podcast and just from hearing you talk about podcasts, I've kind of gotten into listening to pot that got me into listening to more podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff. So what is your favorite classic movie monster? Like I'm talking like golden age Hollywood style. Movie so monster. not the 80s. No, because that's a, that would be a separate question. <laughs> like say you know like, like 60s Universal monsters. Sure, like 60s below. Those are the only classic monsters I know are Universal monsters. Mm-hmm. So I would say because I like from dating you and from knowing a lot more about it than I did before, and I really like Boris Karloff. So I would I would say Frankenstein's monster. Nice. Alone. Bad. Friend, good. Friend, good. Ah, ah, ah. 
Can't go wrong there. Yeah. So that, that goes right into the next one. How about an 80s horror icon? What's your favorite one? Freddy Krueger. Definitely, right? Mm-hmm. And then has it always been that way pretty much? Mm-hmm. He's the, the first one that gave me my first ever nightmare that I remember. And my only nightmare in life where I've actually set up straight in bed like they do in the movies. Yeah. Was a Freddy Krueger nightmare. How old were you? I feel like it was right after I saw Dream Master. So if that's the case, and that came out 88, 89, Run I guess there, seven, yeah. <laughs> like immediately just yeah. had a nightmare. <laughs> Do you have any close runner-ups to that? Like 80s or, you know, maybe 90s horror icons? Hmm. Or is it just Freddy top to bottom? It's pretty much Freddy. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe a close one might be Ghostface, but I mean, there are so many people that have been Ghostface. Right. So if I had to pick my favorite Ghostface, it would be um, the first, like Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard. Spoilers. <laughs> um, the the other thing I thought you might mention Pinhead because I know you kind of think Pinhead looks pretty cool and stuff like that. I did like, yeah, I do like Pinhead. But I guess you're not like a huge fan of that franchise so much not as a huge how they look. Fr- and... Fan of the franchise, I like more how they because when I've gone back and watched the movies, I've been kind of like, eh. yeah. But their design was really, and I remember as a kid being very scared of those designs because that was, I just thought this is what. These are the, the types of creatures that are in hell, and that's yeah. pretty scary. I, I think, you know, it's, it's really hilarious that it, it played on, like, a lot of puritanical American fears of hell, especially in the 80s when it's, like, satanic panic at yeah. its height. Because, yeah, us being, like, from more conservative biblical areas and everything, it was, I, I remember having the same feelings when I was a kid about Ben Ed. Kind of piggybacking off of that, what is the most overrated horror icon, do you think? <laughs> What's one that everyone loves that you're kind of like, I don't get it? And it's okay if, if, this is, if you're going to take out my boy. I understand. I'm going out. Oh, oh, no. I want to say Jason. Yeah. Just because even though I've seen most of those movies, and I do like them, I just, I feel like it's always Freddy versus Jason. And so I'm always going to pick Freddy over that. Um, and, you know, when I was younger and I watched the Friday the 13th, I'm sure they scared me and were scary, but I'll say Jason, even though Jason and Michael Myers are basic are very similar, yeah. but I like Michael Myers more. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Jason. Yeah. It's funny that you bring up the whole, like you always feel like it's Freddy versus Jason. And it is kind of like a old school Star Trek versus Star Wars type of situation mm-hmm. where you can only like one supposedly, even yeah. though most people kind of like both, you know, and I do like, and I do like both, but I like one much more. Well, that's what, I mean, since we've been dating, I feel like I've always poked fun at Freddy, you know, but in reality, I I love the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and everything. But my go-to thing is definitely to accuse, or not even accuse, (laughs) is point out that Freddy killed children. And in the original (laughs) screenplay, he molested them. Carrying on, what's your favorite final girl? Or who is your favorite final girl? I guess a quick answer would be Nancy from, you know, no, Sydney Prescott. Careful. This is the moment when the supposedly dead killer comes back to life for one last scare. Not in my movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, she's just, that's a cool character. She was playing a high school kid when I was in high school. So I think it's something more relatable. Like I feel like 
I could have been her friend because we would have been in high school at the same time. Well, it's funny too, because she's a rare final girl that is allowed to grow up and be an adult. Mm. Like it's almost unheard of that you get to see her go from college to young adult to like a full fledged adult. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? I guess Nancy kind of did that. Yeah. Because she got to, you know, grow up, even though she grew up really fast between (laughs) the first movie and the second one, she was already like grad school. school. Right. Um, but you still get, you're right though. You get to see her married with a child and you know, that whole thing is true. So Sydney Prescott, close runner up, Nancy, maybe. No, I think Sydney Prescott is my first. Just for sure. Mm -hmm. Both Wes Craven creations. No. Rolling into that. Who's your favorite horror director? Do you think if you had to pick one? Oh, Wes Craven. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after reading the, um, I forgot what it's called. Never Sleep Again. Never Sleep Again. That book and seeing just how much went into making this first movie on such a tight budget and how well respected of a director. Like when a night, when a Friday the 13th director stepped in for a day and took over, someone got hurt and they were like, that's not how we operate around here. So to see how well respected he was that he would write these long thank you letters to people whose scenes got cut from the movie. Mm. I just, I thought, yeah, that made me like him even more. Excellent choice. What about modern is there anyone working now that you're like, oh, I got to check this out because so-and-so is doing it? Well, um, what's that guy's name that did, um, it's, is he like Green Room and... Oh, uh, Jeremy Saulnier. He's, I liked the movies that he's done. Um, also the guy that did The Guest, and I don't know anyone's name, and your next... Adam Wingard. Of course. Wingard. Yes. Yeah. So Adam Wingard, who did Your Next and The Guest... Yeah, I mean, I, I'll never forget when you discovered the guest, and you were just like, "You've got to drop everything and come over and watch like, this movie." That was right before now. we, yeah, that was before we lived together. So I yeah. watched it, and like the very, maybe the next day that yeah. we hung out, I said, "I'll, I will watch this again." Like yeah. it's the music was so good, just the vibe was really good. Um, yeah, it's definitely electric. I mean, it's it's one of those things where. It's shocking. It's got its fans, but it's shocking to me that it wasn't in the theaters where people could really, especially Halloween time, it would have been just a slam dunk. But what's the last horror film that surprised you? I know it's recent, but I'm going to say Pet Cemetery. Really? I was pretty surprised at how much I liked that movie because I didn't really, I've seen the first one, Mm -hmm. but I didn't necessarily remember everything. So I was kind of, and I, didn't look at the trailers for Pet Cemetery. I tried to avoid the trailers because you told me that it spoiled something. I was surprised by how by, by how good it was. Yeah. Like, I really liked it. Like, I immediately left, and I was like, the next book I'm going to read, I'm going to read Pet Cemetery," And I did, and I liked it. So, yeah, I would say Pet Cemetery. That's one thing I, I always respect about you when it comes to movies and everything is that, like, critical consensus doesn't really matter that much to you because you're, like, a big proponent for Pet Cemetery. You really love that, and it got a lot of mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I think the most infamous one would be The Dark Tower. You, you, you love yeah, so that movie. Yeah, so it has like a 17% it, it, it's like, it's considered, Oh, yeah, it's considered like the worst Stephen King adaptation <laughs> and the whole nine yards. That's and, another and one really that I it, saw so. twice in the theater, too. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, I feel like I, when it comes to like, like a genre movie, a horror movie, or a fantasy movie, I take the, the critics, their opinions, I don't take them as seriously as I do if it's just like a straight drama. Yeah. Because I think some people, I think you have to suspend belief and kind of go in with your imagination totally open Mm. for like horror movies and genre movies because 
it's just weird to walk out of a movie like that and then complain that it's not realistic or something. It's like, of course it's not right. realistic. So. Well, and you didn't have the baggage of, you, you didn't read this huge epic yeah. series of books that other people expected one movie to live up to seven, you know, huge novels. Right. So it's pretty tough. Yeah. So, so what about scariest scene in a movie? Scariest scene in a movie. I'm sure if I thought long and hard, I could probably come up with a lot of them. But I'm going to pick one from my adulthood because it's easy for me to pick one from youth because everything scared me. <laughs> and that would be the scene from It Follows where they're in a, in a, they're in a, like someone's bedroom. They're entering someone's bedroom. The protagonists. The like protagonists. The kids, yeah. And they're coming down a dark hallway. And there's this super tall man that shows up behind one of the girls in the dark hallway that comes out of nowhere. Don't open the door. See? Everything's okay. What are you doing? Frightening. Like we saw that and the, they left that out of the trailer at you know, which is at that time. I think they later did a different trailer maybe. But I don't think it was in the trailer. So when we saw it in the movie theater, yeah. cuz we saw it with like a packed theater the entire audience like collectively screamed. Yeah. And I, I don't think you get that reaction all the time in horror movies or movies period where everyone is all on the same page. Like we experienced this moment together. The last thing I remember with the, with the unique audience experience where we all went, Oh shit together mm -hmm. was spoiler at the end of the departed. When Leonardo DiCaprio gets shot, <laughs> the audience collectively was like, what? Yeah. So, I think in a horror movie scene, like when I saw that they had it in the trailer, that really sucked because that was such a good moment yeah. and um, it follows. I need to go back and amend an, an answer or to okay. add to it. And that was the question about the movie that surprised me. I will mm -hmm. say um, Blair Witch, mm. another movie that was poorly received and has a low Rotten Tomato score. score. Does it? Oh, you mean the you mean the recent one? That's the another Adam one. Wingard movie. See? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It is called Blair Witch. You're right. right. Yeah. It was really good, I think. Really scary. And I noticed how scary it was because I think I looked at you and you weren't trying to like make eye contact with the movie. Yeah, there I wasn't trying to make eye contact with the movie. And that's when I knew, okay, this is this is legit scary. I, that movie, like, I, I'm not going to claim that it's some kind of, uh, like, art house, like, sophisticated movie or whatever, but it is a fun house. Like, it, it's like, you know, where yeah, like, there's moments where you don't want to look at the screen, and when it's in a movie theater and it's, like, dominating <laughs> your, your field of vision, you know, it's, it's, it is scary. It, it, it was fun. I, yeah. I mean, we walked out of that movie laughing and just talking about all the moments, yeah. and that was a lot of fun. You should and go I, back and watch that. I, I, know, I agree, because that was shocking. Uh, how poorly received it was. I don't know what people yeah. were expecting because it was just a really fun, yeah. like kind of sometimes a little silly, but like I thought really well done. I would like to see it again too. Uh, what do you think is the biggest misconception about horror fans? I think the biggest misconception about horror fans is that we are, I don't want to say dumb, but just not as intelligent as mm. someone who watches a dramatic Oscar worthy picture. Sure. Um, and I think there's a lot of horror that's come out that I think 
non-horror fans kind of like because they assume it's smarter than other horror pictures, like the, the Jordan Peele movies. And any movie where it's art or um, what's the one with Tony Collette? Hereditary. Hereditary and John Krasinski's movie, which are great horror movies. I liked all of you know Jordan Peele's movies, Hereditary and A Quiet Place. I really like those. But I think those are looked at as very highbrow and so therefore okay right. to like and they get these great scores. But if you like something like Halloween or Pet Cemetery or Blair Witch or something that's not as seen that's not seen as prestigious, right. then it's kind of you're looked at as liking, I don't know, something that's dumbed down or something. And um, I just obviously disagree. But yeah, that, that's like the whole uh, controversy where some critics were trying to use the term elevated horror mm-hmm. to basically kind of differentiate between yeah what you, what your what people would I guess consider a standard issue horror movie and something that has a lot of layers and everything. Right. Um, but also, I mean, if you if you look at like scholarly, uh, like academic people looking at older slasher movies and certainly older horror movies. There's all kinds of layers to those mm-hmm. movies, and then you put them in the context of when they came out, and um, like stuff that seems very silly on the surface actually has a lot going on. Maybe some of it's not intentional, but it's still right. there. So yeah, I think another misconception also is that you um, maybe if you like supernatural horror, then you are. I don't want to say not a Christian, but mm. that you just. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't really know. Like you can't you can't be a Christian and like horror movies at the same time. Well, something no. like that, especially well, here in the South. Yeah, and it's something we've brought up on the podcast a bunch. But I mean, if you if you live in this area, Middle Tennessee, then you literally work with adults and live around adults that literally believe that a horror movie can let demons into your life. Mm-hmm. Like they they truly believe that in their hearts that. It's like, you know, Ouija board style that it can lead that Satan into your life and all this stuff. And I mean, geez, there was even, you know, we're recording this after Endgame, the Avengers movie came out and uh, there was a Church of Christ uh, close to here in Gallatin that had on their marquee, uh, Jesus is more powerful than Thanos. And it's like, Duh. yeah, it's like, what on <laughs> earth? Why is that even a thing? You know, I mean, I guess maybe they're trying to be funny or I mean, whatever. I mean, we're not but it's just, just saying these things. Right. Like... The draft is in Nashville, and there were people in the draft, in the crowd, that had signs <laughs> basically saying you're going to burn in hell. It's like the NFL draft. Like, relax. Mm. And the church I used to go to, I think I mentioned this on the podcast one Halloween, they had a an event at their church where they had they played snippets from, like, scary movies, horror movies, and then they would kind of talk to you yeah. about it, you know. And it wasn't, you know, just basically saying guard yourself and things like that. And I think I was the only one that was there literally because I just wanted to see some fun right. horror movie clips. Like right. it affects me in no way whatsoever. So well, because you're able to separate reality from, from a yeah. fiction movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what, switching gears. What is your favorite running, like currently running horror comic? I would say the new revamped Buffy that they just, started um is extremely good so i really like that one um i really liked it just recently ended to kill or be killed which is an ed brubaker Mm. comic i think he does it with sean phillips i think they always do stuff together i like obviously i still read the walking dead i'm doing a blog post on this i don't it'll probably be up before you um after 
after you post this, yeah. but um, one of my newest favorite horror comics was The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and um, I think that's done, and they revamped it, so now it's just Sabrina, and obviously the Netflix show has taken over, so that was my favorite. I had such high hopes for that, so I'm disappointed that it seems to have been replaced by a TV show, which I still right. like, but... I'm less than enthusiastic <laughs> about the show than I was the comic. I thought the comic was, I, I read it. I think I told you about it and was like, it, you've got, this is my best. This is my favorite new comic at that time in the Archie universe. Cause they were revamping all the Archie ones. Right. And at that time, the chilling adventures of Sabrina was my favorite. Wh- who is your kind of celebrity crush? It's not horror. In horror just, no, in, oh well, you can horror and just so in general. many. <laughs> Give, give me a, like a, give me a couple. Of... <laughs> Let the people know your taste. Gosh. Well, Ryan Gosling, obviously, mm. is a celebrity crush. Um, Alex said, obviously, like everyone would just know that. <laughs> <laughs> I like Chris Pratt. Mm. I like Chris Pratt because even though he's all hunkified now, I liked when he was on Parks and Rec and he was just this normal guy, yeah, kind of chubby. And he's hilarious, and I think that's why I like him so much. So. What about in horror? Is there someone, uh, whether it be one of the horror icons or a supporting player or whatever, I mean, is there someone that kind of jumps out as kind of a crush? And this has also been on the podcast. For some reason, when I was younger, I was attracted to Freddy Krueger. Not Robert England. Freddy Krueger. Like a literal yes. melted face. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now as an adult, there's something about Robert England. When I see him, I'm like, oh, he's so distinguished to me. Right. I don't know. So. No, when <laughs> he was on uh, Mick Garris's podcast, that postmortem, and they were talking about Wes Craven, it was like a tribute to Wes Craven after he had passed away. Um, he was so thoughtful and nice. Mm-hmm. and I mean, it, it was very, yeah, it was, I could see where people would be kind of hooked in in that way or whatever. And when I, I got to meet him a few years ago at a con and when I met him, he just looked at me and he said, you have such beautiful eyes. The director would love your face. And he's like, and I, and I would know. I was like, oh my God. In my wildest dreams, what I, I never would have thought that I would be talking to Freddy Krueger and he would be giving me a compliment. And it was, it was amazing. Well, you, that kind of rolls into another question because you've met a lot of different uh, people at a conventions and just in general uh, that are like horror icons and people involved in mm-hmm. horror TV shows and movies. Is that probably your favorite encounter with one of them? Is... I think that was um, one of my favorite encounters just because that was the very first convention I had gone to. Yeah. And um, I was the first person in line that got to meet him because I had a VIP pass. <laughs> and so the, when he finally opened, he said, who's the first victim, like in the mm. Freddy Krueger voice, and everyone looked, and I was like, it's me. <laughs> I was so excited. And even though, I don't know if he's a horror icon, technically he's in Scream, and that's Henry Winkler, I think, was also oh, yeah. one of my favorites. <laughs> he was amazing. Me and my friend Jonathan went. We loved him so much. We went to see his panel, and then we raced back to, to meet him again at his table. <laughs> and he was like, you guys are back again. And um, he hugged me. He gave me a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. And he signed my picture, um, You Are So Beautiful, or Kia So Beautiful. And I didn't even ask him to write that. And it's hanging in my office. Hmm. So that was, he was really nice. Is there a film, a horror film or show that should never be remade? Do you think there's anything that's off limits completely? 
that hasn't already been done. Yeah, I mean, because you're thinking Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah. That should never be remade. Yeah, do you think there's anything that's untouchable, or have you kind of accepted that pretty much everything will be remade at this point? I think I've accepted that, but I do mm. think there are some things untouchable. I don't think Jaws should ever be remade, and I mm. think something like The Meg did a good job of basically doing a Jaws-type movie, right. but doing it on their own right. IP. They didn't say... They'd have, they, it had nothing to do with Jaws. There was mm. no reference to Jaws that I remember. Nothing. They weren't trying to go for that. They just made a totally new movie that was fun and good. So I would say, no, you know, don't come out with like Jaws. That would, I don't think that should happen. Well, I think it's a really safe, (laughs) I I think most people would agree with that. And then also, how would you recapture like the three male leads, you know, the, the, the chemistry that they have and stuff. That'd be so hard to recapture that, you know? Right. Um, they definitely have to revamp it. And at that point, why not just make your own thing? That's why I like the Meg because they, you know, did their own thing and they just said, oh, we'll just make, make it, the fish much bigger. You know what will happen with Jaws at some point, probably in our lifetime, probably the next 15, 20 years. They'll remake it. They'll remake it. It'll be all women. It'll be three. (laughs) It'll be three women that, that, you know what I mean? Like that's that I'm not, I'm not even joking. I think that'll legit be what they do like to make it different and, but they can still keep the name jaws. And and see, do just do something different. Kind of like, what's that movie where it's however many feet under. Oh, 37 meters down. Yeah. 37 meters. Something like that. Right. Where that's basically kind of jaws, kind of you're battling a shark and you're stuck underwater. Um, yeah, just make your own ideas. Or the one with Blake Lively where she's stuck in the middle of the ocean yeah. with the shark. It's funny that, I mean, people think IPs are so important, but, I mean, a shark movie pretty much sells itself. So does, like, a killer doll movie, like how they're remaking Child's Play, but they have an original idea to do it with the AI. Right. Yeah, you know, they could have like, just used a different design. Sure. Why not call it, you know, Killer Robot Kid or whatever? I mean, it doesn't <laughs> matter that much because right. it kind of so people love that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, Annabelle has been a big thing. So. Yeah. They just, yeah, I don't like just using the name just to draw people right. in. So, switching gears. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite Buffy episode oh and, my God. and favorite season. Oh my start, God. That's a question. Start out with season. Question. What's your favorite Buffy the Vampire Slayer season? Season. If you had to pick. They're all so good. Oh. Yeah, we, we accept that that's not, it's not going to be a slight at other seasons. It's just, you know, the one that you kind of circle back to the most. My initial response is season four, because mm-hmm. that had two of the bigger episodes, um, the right? The body and... Um, that's season five. Season five is the body? Yeah. Oh. Well, season four had, um, what's it called? With the gentleman. Oh, yeah. Hush. Hush. Yeah. So, and I think that was one of my favorite episodes. Um, and I liked that she was in college and I thought that was fun. So, but I also really liked season six and season six gets a lot of flack for being very dark, but I'm mm. like, it's a show about witches and vampires and demons. It's got to go dark right. at some point. So and it's about kids growing up, which is kids, never fun. Exactly. So, yeah. so I kind of lean towards season six. Yeah. So, um, yeah, season six was just really good so i'm gonna say season six is my favorite kind of rolling with the buffy theme fuck mary kill angel spike and riley oh kill riley 
<laughs> but don't you want Buffy to have a normal life? He's not normal. He's with the initiative. Well, after the initiative, if you he could the give comics, her children. He's, he's still, they could... No, he's still involved. Okay. It's not normal. Okay, Riley's dead. Riley's dead. Have sex with... <laughs> um, Make love. David Boreanaz, or Angel. Mm. And Mary Spike, because I think Spike is fun. Angel is, he's moody all the time. He's reading poems and ugh. So you think Spike <laughs> is the one to like long haul to be, Spike you are married. Spike went and got his soul of his own initiative. That is a man that would do what it takes to make your relationship work. What's your, Buffy for life. <laughs> what's your favorite non-horror movie? I mean, I like Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I like coming to America, which is fun. Also saw that in the movie theaters. Hmm. Um, You've been like four. We went to the movies a lot. Was it like eighty? But I remember because I I remember people's reactions. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's not a good representation of all the movies I like, though. It's <laughs> just life and coming to America. <laughs> the Last Dragon. Another... Last Dragon is a great movie. <laughs> I want to pick that for the podcast. Um, Do a Nights episode. I think that'd be cool. Me. I really like La La Land. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked La La Land. Yeah, you. Uh, um, that's another one you un- unapologetically love, even when it was getting some flack and everything. You're like, eh. I mean, it's just cares, the like, music's good. The soundtrack's right. good. I. It's Ryan Gosling. What do you think is uh, a really overrated horror movie? One that people just talk about like it's just the end all be all and you weren't really that taken by it? My answer several years ago would have been The Exorcist just because when I watched it, I wasn't that scared by it. But Mm -hmm. I think by the time I watched it, I had seen the scene of her in the bed so many times. So that by the time I watched the movie, I was like, oh, I've already seen this so many times. It's not that scary. What's an underseen or underrated horror movie you think people should seek out? I would say The Guest. I don't know if that mm. counts as true horror um, or if it's more like a thriller. Yeah, it's close enough, I think. But I will say The Guest. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's something else. I might say Blair Witch because I don't know if it did that well. No. It, and it, I think a lot of people might have slept on it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I think they would be surprised that it's actually very good. I think it's one of those things that maybe uh, removed from the hype. Uh, people could enjoy it for what it is a little bit more a few years later. That would be a good one to recommend for people to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, seek out again. Oh, one of my other favorite movies is The Little Mermaid. Oh, classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite monster design? Obviously, I think Freddy Krueger's designed very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but for movies or TV? Anything. Can I say TV? Yeah. For TV, I will say The Gentleman from Buffy yeah. is there. And um, who's, um, what's his name? Doug Jones. Doug Jones is one of the gentlemen. For a TV show, yeah. it's extremely well done and creepy. Um, Definitely. They're just amazing. What's a horror movie trope that you hate? Well, I think it used to be that, you know, the black person in the horror movies always die first. Mm. And this isn't a trope, but I think it's just something that's missing. And I just would like to see more women of color in horror movies. Mm. Um, Cause it's usually always like a black guy with his group of white friends like, right. all the time. And it's like, you know, they don't have, you know, black girls right. that they know, Hispanic girls that they know. So I would think seeing more women of color would be, 
nice. You know, it's always nice to go to a movie and see someone that you can, you know, that looks like you or reminds you of you. You want to see yourself in the movie. I don't know if I want to see myself in a horror movie, but, you know, I think that would still be nice right. to, to see. That was something that was in The Blair Witch. Hmm. So. Yeah, the couple was actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the most painful injury or kill you've seen in a film? Um, one that really creep, creeped me out, and I'm, I've seen the worse, I'm sure, since then, but one that still gets to me and is so, it looks so painful is from um, Dream Warriors, where the guy is being walked oh, like a puppet. Right, right. Just imagining. It's like a marionette. Yeah, like, a, yeah, like that like the tendons or whatever from your hands and your feet just being pulled just seems so painful and yeah. gross and creepy. Yeah. So yeah. Very iconic to yeah. Do you believe in the paranormal? Like ghosts? Yeah. Um, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How come one I've heard stories and not just from like those ghost shows, which I don't think those are necessarily real, but just stories from people I know, like my grandmother you, you know, told me that when she was a little girl, before she would be sick, she would always see her dad come and stand in her yeah. door. And I said, was that after, before he died? And she said that was after he died. And she said how my grandfather was walking to work one day through the woods and he claimed to see like a ghost and he dropped his lunch pail and ran all the way back home. And mm. how I think her mom said she saw a headless ghost or something. So... I've never seen a ghost, um, but I do. I think they're real, and I think I feel, feel like you, you, you hear stories about kids playing with people, yeah, or interacting with something that no one can see. And I think kids see ghosts, and I think as you grow up, you just forget that you did it, that you saw it. So hmm. that's what I think. But sure. I Is there anything in horror that you think should be off limits, like killing a baby? Or something like that. I mean, is there anything that you just, like, really don't want to see in a movie, even if it's horror? Um, I don't really think there's anything off limits because it's horror. Yeah. Um, I would like to see, like, the rape revenge stuff. I would like to kind of see that retired. Mm. And I feel like it kind of was, but there's been, like, recently some movies that have come out. So I would like to see that retired yeah but other than that i don't i don't mind if like a child is killed Mm. (laughs) it sounds bad but i mean it's horror right horrible things happen and it's hard to say anyone should be off limits because then you kind of don't make it realistic well i mean what what about like um you know like a movie like ma that's kind of playing on you know stereotypes and like do you think that stuff should not really be off limits i think that might be the wrong way to say it but like, I haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah. So, if it, I feel like it might go where I'm thinking it's going to go, but not sure. Um, I, I don't know. I've seen some comments about this movie, you know, just based on the trailer. So, no one has seen it yet, obviously. But where I've seen some people make it, you know, make statements where, oh, you know, I hope, you know, I can't wait to see her kill all these white kids. Mm. I don't like that. I just think that's, that's too much. I don't want to see a movie where a black person killed all the white kids. I don't want to see a movie where a white person killed all the black kids. I just, I just maybe, think Maybe that's not the most healthy too. Yeah, and this, way to We have so much going issues. on in real life. I, I think <laughs> we're not ready for that. Maybe. Right. 
<laughs> Maybe that would have worked in the nineties. We were, we would have been like, Oh, no problem. But now mm. it's so tense. I just feel like that would be a bit much. So yeah, I don't, I, th- I feel like horror should be fun. And when you're saying you hope they kill someone based on this reason, that sounds more personal. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. So. I, I mean, I, I, I got a little bit of pleasure out of uh, the, uh, in the Halloween 2018 when the uh, true crime uh, <laughs> podcasters, <laughs> when Michael Myers killed them, I thought it was kind of funny, to be honest. Like, I, I, and I would never want someone to get hurt, you know, if they're doing a podcast or whatever, but I do think how they sensationalize murder and stuff is not very cool. So yeah. I thought it was kind of funny that Michael Myers, they were like the first victims, you know, when he broke out. So <laughs> what's a horror movie that you like showing people? Maybe it follows mm-hmm. just because if you're not a fan of horror, I think that's a movie that you could, you could like, Yeah, you could, because I think when non fans of horror think about horror, they think of gore and they think, bloody and super violent mm-hmm. and just hard to watch and it follows isn't like that as far from what i remember there is no extreme gory things there's nothing you know that that would gross you out mm-hmm. so i think something like it follows would be would be good for a non-horror fan to watch we're going to transition to listener questions uh, we had a few people open it up to social media to let them know that we are doing an interview today. Our, our first question comes from Justin at Scroll Saw Scrib on Twitter. What direction would you like to see the Nightmare on Elm Street series take moving forward? They should just get Robert England back. Otherwise, just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. Just let it go. He has he has a follow up. Um, would it be better to have a new nightmare? Uh, would it be better to have new nightmare movies be continuing stories or one offs? Do you like uh, any of the final girls from previous entries returning for belated sequels? I think he kind of means like how Jamie Lee Curtis came back for right. Uh, you know, a direct sequel. Well, Heather Langenkamp can come back mm-hmm. as Nancy. You know, I don't know if she's retired from acting or something. I haven't really seen her in anything, but that would be cool. Um, well, never mind. I was going to say Johnny Depp should come back, but he died in the movie. <laughs> they could, could kind of get around that, though. I mean, um, they really wanted to. I, I just think if it does not involve Robert England, just don't do it. It's not necessary. Right. I mean, there's so many of them. Just do something different. Mm. I mean, there's so many talented new people out there coming up with new ideas. I just feel like just leave the iconic stuff alone and create new iconic things. Mm. Otherwise, 20 years from now... They're going to have the same icons. Like, nothing is going to change. Right. I don't know. I mean, I will say, in all fairness to Freddy and Jason and Leatherface, all those guys, um, I mean, Dracula and the Frankenstein monster and those characters keep cycling generation to generation. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something to be said for, you know, other people playing parts and legacies, you know, continuing. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's really hard to associate Freddy Krueger outside of, you know, Robert... England. England. Right. England. Yeah. And he's, he's still alive and active, so I don't I mean, understand. Still, he still says he's got another one in him, supposedly. So, so if, yeah, if they do one with him, I think that would be great. Mm. If you, this is also from Justin, he's kind of following up again. If you could be involved with the next Nightmare on Elm Street, what position would you like? Like, i.e. an actor, writer, director, soundtrack artist, etc.? So is, is, it, is this a world where I have more skills than I actually do? This is... <laughs> 
<laughs> or is this me being who I am with my background in, in law <laughs> and nothing else? Well, but you're, you have a horror podcast. You blog about horror. You're a big fan. I mean, yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could jump in feet first. Maybe as, maybe as, a, as a script writer. Yeah. Yeah. I think in another world, after having read Never Sleep Again, I would want to be part of the special effects department. Because <laughs> oh, nice. they, they had so much fun just coming up with things. Right, right. And I don't even know if they would do that for a new Nightmare movie if, or every, if everything would just be CGI'd. Well, maybe that would be uh, your, what do you call it, your influence on it is that it would be practical because, yeah. you know, that's like what you're doing. I mean, so. I have no background in that, but in a perfect world, <laughs> it's, well, it's that says, would what be would fun. you like to do? So, I mean, yeah. yeah. And finally, Justin asks, Actually, he has two more. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, who would be a better father? Oh. Leatherface, mm-hmm. Freddie, Michael Myers, mm-hmm. or Jason Voorhees? Okay, I know he allegedly molested and murdered children. <laughs> I don't think it's allegedly. <laughs> he literally did it. I'm going to say Freddy Krueger. Yeah. I mean, we've seen him interact with children, right? Jacob, wasn't oh, that, yeah. that little kid's name? Um, Leatherface, I think he's crazy, so no. Michael Myers, yeah, well, I take that back. Michael Myers doesn't kill babies. So but that he, we know of, yeah. But he will... Oh, Actually, no, he did wait, kill one. in the new one, he yeah, did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. In the Rob Zombie one, he didn't. Mm. But, yeah, so... Um, and Jason also, I think, kills indiscriminately, I think. Well, and I think, you know, if you think in terms of uh, child rearing and raising a child, Freddie is the only one that has, like, true speech, like social interactions and stuff like that. The other three are silent and don't know how to like interact with people. Really. Social interactions. So, Plus he was a father. Yeah. I don't think he was, he wasn't a good father. Maybe this would be his second <laughs> he can chance. He learn from his mistakes. This is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the direction Nightmare on Elm Street takes. This is him trying to be him a normal just guy. just being a, a good dad. <laughs> uh, finally, he asks, this is from Justin. Okay. Do you like dad bods? <laughs> There's so, what's what's the dad bod? And nowadays there's so many dads. Mm. Chris Pratt's a dad. Fair enough. You like Chris Hemsworth's a dad. (laughs) This is, uh, we're going to move on. This is from Robbie, our friend Robbie uh, Silver Shamrock on IG. Uh, What are Kia's favorite things about Jeff and Craig? Oh, my goodness. Hmm. My favorite thing about Craig is that we have a lot of the same things in common. He's very funny and very humorous. And we have a similar type of humor. Mm. So we both do really silly, goofy things that another person would probably be like, that's inappropriate. <clears throat> You're in your late 30s. Mm. Let it go. But no, like I can be my normal, silly, goofy self, and mm. there is no judgment. Um, and um, I like that Craig is into the same things I'm into. Like we both like horror movies, comic books, you know, holding on to those things from our youth. Um, so I like that. Um, what about Jeffrey? Jeffrey Lorenzo Wilson. (laughs) 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 Um, Jeff is also very funny and very creative. He's, his artwork is really very good. Also into like horror and quirky mm-hmm. things and just, yeah, just very funny. He does great impressions and voices and mm. 
yeah. So, and I like that when we all get together for the podcast, it all just feels very natural. Just like three people just having a normal conversation. Yeah. It's not work. It's not work. Right. It just flows. You never have to worry about, well, we got to get 15 more minutes out of this. It just happens. We usually go too long and we have to Mm. break things up. So. Robbie also asks, uh, which underrated Nightmare on Elm Street entry deserves more love than it gets? Underrated Nightmare on Elm Street entry? Yeah. Underrated. Well, the ones that are my favorites are the ones that I think are the most highly rated, like Dream Warriors and Mm -hmm. what's that? What's the very last one? I can't think of any of the names. Oh, New Nightmare? New Nightmare, yeah. Yeah. I, after going back and, and watching it, I, I liked Freddy's Revenge. I mean, I liked, I like all of them. Yeah. But I like Freddy's Revenge um, because it kind of stands on its own. It's its own mm-hmm. little thing. Um, I like that it's a possession movie. I think that's like yeah. a fun idea to do with Freddy. It's him true. taking yeah. over someone's body instead yeah. of, yeah. He never so, really does that in other movies. I like that one. And you're a big fan of Freddy vs. Jason as well. I think that's one that a lot of people don't really care for. And I do like Freddy vs. Vers- Jason. It was fun, I think. They did a good job. They mm. used Robert England was back, and that was good. To it was fun to see that in the movie theater because you had your people. It was almost being like being at a sporting event. You had your people that would cheer when Jason did something. Sure. You had your people that would cheer when Freddie did something, and we all came together, and it was peaceful. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, we have Irish Mark Silent Bobo thirty seven on Twitter. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Nightmare on Elm Street, and why? Oh. Kind of touched on that one, but. Definitely Dream Warriors. Is it really? I thought mm. I, I thought Dream Master was for some reason. No, that's just one I saw in the movie theater. Okay, cool. Um, that was the first one I saw in the movie theater, and mm-hmm. so after that, I saw the rest in the movie theater. Mm. Before then, I think I was maybe too young. Well, maybe not, because I mean, I saw Child's Play. I just didn't see them. But um, <laughs> well, the first one came out in '84. Goo goo gaga, goo goo gaga. But Dream Dream Warriors was really good. Obviously, has a great song. And um, it's just, I don't know, it's really fun, Dream Warriors. I yeah. think that would be my my favorite of the franchise. And it kind of has like a breakfast club thing going on hmm. with, you know, the, the teenage heroes. Yeah. So it's kind of when you're an impressionable kid, it's like you almost look up to them in a weird yeah. way. So, yeah. And then I recently also found out that I have like a second cousin who's married to the nephew of the guy that played Kincaid. Who would have thought? It's a small world. <laughs> Uh, moving on with Mark's questions Uh, who is your favorite author oh Uh, my god no let me say that differently I got really excited Um, who is your favorite horror author ooh I'm so excited Um, I like Joe Hill quite a bit Mm. I've read all of his books except for 21st Century Ghost which Craig has which I will be reading Mm. soon but yeah he's really good he's written what was it Heart Shaped Box Horns. Was the first one I read. Horns, um, Nosferatu, mm. um, The Fireman, Strange Weather, Strange Weather, and Twenty First Century Ghost, um, and the Lock and Key comics, which are very good. Mm. So I, yeah, he's he's one of those authors where if he wrote it, I'm buying it. So nice. Period. <laughs> oh, also um, Scott Smith. Oh who yeah. Wrote um, the ruins. The ruins, and what's the other one? Simple plan. Simple plan, yeah. which isn't horror, but definitely a good, a good thriller. Yeah. The ruins is horror. He's written like two books, and every 
few months, I Google him to see if he's writing anything, but he hasn't. He's mm. written like two books in the past couple of short stories because he's popped years up in or something. some of those collections. This is true. Yeah. He does write short stories, but his novels, The Simple Plane and the Ruins, mm-hmm. are so good that I'm just hoping he puts out another novel. But It's kind of hard to, to call someone that's has such a small body of work your favorite author. I mean, I guess it's possible, but... Well, that's why, that's why it's Joe Hill. Right. Joe Hill is definitely good, but The Ruins, in terms of favorite horror books, is probably in the top three. Yeah. So uh, that that one was like a video game. Like I, I kept putting quarters in it. You know, I read it in like yeah. two sittings. I think it's so. really good. And Mark has uh, one final question. I think it's a really good one. How long would you last in a horror movie? If you were a character in a horror movie, what would your survival rate be? I think it would be high because I would just leave. <laughs> I would just I would just run away. Right. Like you know, I would just. I would just run and I would not stop. I would just keep running. Pick a direction. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I ever got the upper hand on someone, I would beat them to death. Right. Like in the movies, they just hit them once and they just leave. And it's like, bash his head in. Right. But I understand if you bash his head in, then the movie's over. I get Mm. it. But if it was real life, I would beat them to death. You'd be (laughs) brutal. So, so you think, I mean, if it was a somewhat realistic scenario, you would be pretty much... Good to go. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, well, no, I didn't mean so. to overcomplicate it. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. I, I hope so. That would be yeah. my plan. If it was the real world, I would run. I wouldn't try to rescue anyone because I have no skill set to do so. Mm. I would run and I would call the police when I got to a safe destination. <laughs> <laughs> you would just make it, you would like literally go to a police station. I'm here. <laughs> Okay, so now we're moving on to our friend JR. He's at Bollywood Square on Twitter. Do you think we've seen the last of Freddy in the movies, i.e. is the franchise dead? Sadly, I don't think so. I think they'll redo it. We might have seen the last of Robert England as Freddy, but I'm Mm. pretty sure someone somewhere out there is just waiting just to do a new one. Mm. Just waiting. Maybe they're waiting for Robert England to, to leave this mortal coil. Oh, gosh. So they can do it and without, so they can be like, see, I had no choice. You had to get a new Freddy. Bastards. Um, <laughs> this, one, this one's a little open to interpretation, I guess. Um, he says, why isn't Kincaid in every movie ever? <laughs> big, big fan of Kincaid, I guess. And a distant family member. <laughs> um, why isn't he... Why isn't he in every yeah, I, I, movie I, I, ever? More of a major character in Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe? or you know. Yeah, after Dream Warriors, they pretty much got rid of the Dream Warriors in the next movie. Like, mm-hmm. they died like first, very uh, quickly. Yeah, first act. Yeah. So I don't know. He could have been, him and, him and Nancy both, they could have been in a new nightmare together. Well, that, that's what... I mean, I know New Nightmare, oh, it was yeah. like the real people. Right. But I don't even know if the actor that played Kincaid was in that one. I don't think he is. But, um, yeah. He might uh, be in the funeral scene because they have a lot of oh, cameos yeah, there. yeah, that's possible. But, but in terms of, like, the franchise, he... Yeah, he totally... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a huge missed opportunity that they did that to the Dream Warriors, yeah. the, the surviving characters. Well, they wanted a whole bunch of new kids. Right. Too. And they wanted but, body, a body count and hmm. Freddy to be a threat, so, right. But it would have been cool if they did have characters from the very beginning of the movie that made it, like a group of kids that maybe slowly got killed off movie by movie, mm-hmm. but we still followed the same bunch of kids. Right. I think that would kind of be mm-hmm. cool. I don't know, has a movie ever done that where it's 
just the same group. I feel like Scream kind of tried to do that, but not really. Right. It was really just Sydney and Randy, right? So you well, mean like Deputy Dewey and right? There's quite a few characters. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, something like that. I think mm-hmm. is cool. Um, what's uh, this is also from Jr. What's your favorite horror franchise besides Nightmare on Elm hmm. Street? Well, I really like the Scream franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll say the the Scream franchise. I've yeah. enjoyed the the Conjuring movies. Mm-hmm. I like those. I haven't followed the Annabelle movies, but the, a lot of outside yeah, stuff. Yeah, but the Conjuring movies and the Offshoot, The Nun. I like that one. Um, so I, I think that's a cool franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the Happy Death Day. We haven't seen the second one, so I don't know if they're going to continue that. But I think that could also be a fun one, a fun franchise. Well, that kind of rolls into his final question. Jr. asks, "What horror movie should have become a franchise that didn't?" I.e., like one that just had one entry, do you think ooh. would have been, oh, this should have continued with sequels? That's. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, what am I thinking of? I also liked. Sorry, going back to the. I also really liked the. Um, I know what you did last summer franchises. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, to a certain point. Yeah. Like the first. There's only two of them. Is it the first? No, there's more, but. Mm. Um, I guess with Jennifer Love Hewitt, she's just. It's just those two. Mm. I think so. Then I just like those two then. They have, they, they did some more. Like I, I still know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I still know was the second one, but I think oh. they, I think they did some more, but anyway, I did like those two movies. Um, so a horror movie that should have been a franchise, but wasn't technically this kind of is a franchise cause there's two movies, but there was talk of them doing more and they never did. And I think this is something that probably could have gone on for a while. And I think that would be 28 days later. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. They, I think there were, there was talk of doing a third one. And it kind of just never happened, but they could have just, they could have at some point done a 28 years later. I don't know. Sure. It could have just been a lot more with that. So, um, I think I'll, I might pick that one, even though technically I guess it kind of is a little mini franchise. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, I think that qualifies that you would like to see more entries when they only did two. So mm-hmm. yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, thank you guys for your questions. Thank you. Um, one last question to punch out on, Kia. Yes. Um, is there anything we haven't talked about that you would like the <laughs> listeners to know about you? Oh. Hmm. I will say, I know I come across sometimes sounding very macabre. I watch a lot of investigation discovery. Mm. Um, I read a lot of horror novels and I watch a lot of horror movies and we watch all these dark TV shows, but I also like really fun things. One of my favorite shows is Frasier. Right. I love the golden girls right now. I'm making Craig marathon scrubs. So I do like happy upbeat things for sure. Um, I mean, I guess obviously my two of my favorite picks were for comedy movies and the little mermaid. So Yeah. I'm not all gloom and doom and horror. Yeah, I mean, and, and even though our home has a lot of horror memorabilia around and everything, it's actually a pretty bright and colorful yeah. place. It's not really, like, yeah. gothic. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a gargoyle in the front I mean, door or anything. I read the Jim and the Holograms yeah. comic book. At the same time, I read the Walking Dead comic book. Mm-hmm. So I like all kinds of things. And usually nothing is pretty much off limits. I'm pretty open-minded about yeah. everything. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Kia, thank you thank for you. sitting down and giving us a little uh, little primer on all things Kia. And thank you guys for listening. And we will be back with a traditional episode soon. Get to know me. <laughs>
Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast. You can find us on Instagram at Half-Assed Horrorcast, Facebook at Half-Assed Horror, Twitter at H-A Horrorcast, and you can send us an email at halfassedhorrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfassedhorrorcast.com. Yeah.